Hello, everyone, and welcome to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And together we are Drew and Jeff. Or Jeff no, and not. Drew. But we're okay, just two individual fine. people. We have no we're uh, just these combined guys, you know. powers. Yeah. Uh, to, to you, it's been a split second since you listened to the episode uh, that we recorded for Flood. Loved it so much you had to hear uh, this episode right away. For us, it's been a few weeks. Uh, what's been going on? I've been uh, getting the podcast ready to be released. So between the recording of the last episode and this one, uh, I was uh, mastering things, uh, applying my novice engineering skills to trying to make this thing sound good finding out all sorts of interesting things and lessons along the way. So that was fascinating uh, for me and for no one else. But uh, the point is, uh, this thing is now out. Uh, People are listening to it, including you. There is uh, a page where we can see. Yes, there's a page where we can see uh, how many people listen to it. Um, And uh, we have a a double digit number on that page. That's very exciting. Uh, So... Yeah, that's 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 pretty much what's been happening. So now it's time for us to resume. And and part of the reason that I bring all that up is because I want to let you know if you're listening to this now, we do have a Twitter. It's Starship Warlock on Twitter. Uh, you can probably also find it by uh, googling Starship Podcast Warlock or or searching for that on Twitter or whatever. But you can you can talk to us there if you are so inclined. You can tweet at us and uh, and let us know what questions you have. As long as you do it. Hmm, probably within three weeks of hearing this episode. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll answer your questions well, anyway on Twitter. Well, I mean, Twitter. if we end up, yeah, and if we end up doing, um, if we end up doing Blackadder or other shows after this, that would be good too, but but it's probably better not to wait. You should probably do it soon while you possibly can. In fact, while we're recording this, why don't you go and do it now? Yes, please. We're beaming the directions directly into your mind. We need a time machine and, uh, and then we can go back in time and, and have it pop into our little hands right as we're recording this episode. I think that works perfectly fine. As your grandfather is listening to this episode. No, I don't know. Well, I'm my own grandfather. So, you know, there you go. Oh, well, that's convenient. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. Yeah. The point is uh, the point is we're now available. We're out on the internets and you can, you can contact us and speak with us and ask us questions from beyond the grave. Um, There was something else I was going to say about that, which was, not going to come to me. Maybe it'll come to me later. You, you this is exciting, folks. In post. Um, <laughs> I might have to. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. All right, so we are resuming with the second season of The Young Ones, uh, which the more I think about it, Jeff, I, I realize that it's um, it's a it's an ambitious season, I think, compared to the first. You know, well, all the it, episodes... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, it's definitely true. I mean, you know, you, you would hope that happens in a season that, that, uh, that you know, they grow, they learn things from the first season, and they expand beyond that. But, uh, but um, that, that's less exciting, I'm sure, than whatever the hell you were going to say. So, uh, so please, oh, go on. Oh, it is, because I just remembered what I was going to say, which oh, is, yeah. <laughs> so uh, in the episode Bomb, which, of course, you've heard by now because you're listening in order, it, we talked about the fact that, Vivian makes a weird joke about having eaten a television and then uh, planning to eliminate it from his body in a way that the TV detector man would not see it emerge. 
my God, uh, we're still going on about this. And he says, well, listen, this is the this is part two of this thing. So I, uh, I did actually tweet Aid Edmondson, who plays Vivian, as you know by now, uh, and, and ask him this question. And I have to date received no response. I think my mistake was mentioning that we have a podcast. Uh, which, oh, you've got a podcast. Like, I don't know, maybe if I just said, I'm, a, I'm an eight-year-old boy and I'm watching the young ones for the first time. Can you please explain this joke to me? He, he might have been like, oh, how adorable and explained it. But I, I'm not sure if I'm just giggling because of the dark and stormy and the amaretto that I've consumed, but, um, but that might be part of it. I don't know. I'll, I'll put your drinks into the notes for this episode. Yes, please do. Um, um. <laughs> this episode is made under the influence. Uh, for the record, I'm drinking only water at this moment. Mm. So we haven't got an answer yet. We might get one by the, the end of this thing, or he might have wisely just ignored our ratings. I, mean, I, I still think it's self-evident, but I mean... Um... I have no idea how it could possibly be. <laughs> All right, we'll, well... we'll leave that. This is not Bomb. This episode is Bambi. Yes. Which uh, I, I understand, Jeff, is is one of your very favorites. Well, you know, I, I feel like it's torture that we got through the entire season and knowing the fact that the Bambi is the first episode of the second season and and knowing that we were going to... I mean, it was reasonable, the fact that, okay, we're going to need to spend some time on a, on a hiatus to actually get the, the website up to actually do some editing. But knowing that this one was waiting for us right after this, this was this anticipation was sheer, sheer torture as this is... This is my favorite, uh, spoilers, this is my favorite episode of the series, and uh, both in terms of the writing and in terms of the all-star guest casting on this that is, um, you know, I mean, the, the alternative British comedy uh, comedians that were about to break onto the scene in now 1984, because it's two years later, and, and um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the list here is staggering, and I'm not sure if I want to list it here now or for those of you who didn't know who it was i think i would rather have you be surprised and then we can talk about it afterwards and and uh and exactly who they they were or whatever but I, I'd, I'd rather keep the surprise for those of you that don't know but um the the fact is that um that yeah i have been waiting for this for for so bloody long and and you know i i feel like if there is one episode of uh, of the young ones that you want to show to somebody, this would be the episode that you would uh, that you would pull. I, I I have this this theory of like you know imagine your favorite shows and think about the fact that if you could show somebody one show and the other uh, one episode and the rest of them would all be perish and disappear forever and disappear in everybody's mind and stuff like that. What's the one episode that you would preserve? And um, and this is the episode. So not to hype it too much, but, um, <laughs> but I, I, I adore this episode. Um, uh, if you're curious for some other things, um, uh, Abfab, the, the third season, the, uh, the sex episode, the one where they, they, um, attempt to do the, the orgy, um, uh, that, that episode is far and away my favorite episode of Abfab. Um, Blackadder, I'm stuck between three episodes all in the second season. Um, uh, Bells, uh, which is the one with Bob and, um, uh, Potato, which is the Explorer episode, um, with all the, the, um, the sci-fi guest stars as, um, as Elizabethan Explorers, and then, uh, Beer, the, the great booze up, um, turnip episode to say, uh, the least, um, uh, is yeah, Beer anyways. also second season? What's that? 
Is beer also second season of Black it, it, Yeah, it is. It is. Because, okay. Yeah, uh, that's, that's you know, um, Queenie having the line of, I may have the, uh, uh, the, the body of a uh, weak and feeble woman, but I may uh, have the... Um, constitution of a diseased elephant i i for, sorry i'm blowing the line wow i really have had such a big, that that's also the great booze of episode um like i said turnip shaped like a thingy um yeah uh that may be my favorite it's it's tough it's tough that one's a three-way tie um i, I want to combine that into a uh hour and a half episode and, and squeeze it in that way but um <laughs> Yeah. The black and, and I don't. I don't know. Do you do you have shows like that that you would say, okay, this is one episode that uh, that I would want to preserve among everything else and show to anybody, as this is why I love this series. You know, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm really bad at favorites, and I'm really bad at, um, you know, uh, imagining. I think what people would think of a show that I know well and they don't know well at all. I mean, for Doctor Who, it's pretty easy. Uh, it's City of Death, which is my favorite episode ever. Um, and that's which, fair or at least you know, classic classic series I mean I, I do feel like I, I do want to separate classic and 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 new uh, but but yeah I agree city that well of course duh yes I mean I don't really know what it is for the new series a lot of my favorites in that are are kind of one-offs but mm. but that's the one for the classic series um abfab uh, I love the episode you named I don't know if there's another one that I would pick instead as being sort of more representative overall the trick is, it's it's kind of got to be one that is self-contained where where you kind of meet everyone. Uh, and I don't mm-hmm. remember if that's true of Bambi. I think we're going to find out. I guess if I had to pick one for the young ones, I might pick Bomb. Uh, and maybe Bomb the is reason... my number two. Bomb yeah, is my number two. Because not only do I love it, it also uh, has the quality of kind of illustrating the characters of the four Mm-hmm. Uh, leads in a way that is, you know, kind of methodical. So if you don't really know who they are, you'll you'll definitely know over the course of that episode. It is uh, true. I mean, you you drop the, you know, you think of raising the stakes. You drop the actual bomb in the middle of the episode, and the way everybody reacts to that pretty much typifies who all the characters are. Yeah. So that might be my choice, but uh, I guess we'll see. We're going to watch this thing in a few minutes. Um, the subject of Bambi. I mean, there's things that happen. But uh, the the main event of it is a what do you call it? It's like a trivia bowl. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, so they they refer to it as as university challenge. Um, you know, in the U.S., it might be high school bowl or college bowl. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, those those are the terms I mostly heard, especially high school bowl for reasons I think you're about to mention. <laughs> yes. So Jeff has a story. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, and, and I'm going to be the kind of like appetizer or trailer or like cartoon before the I don't know what metaphor I'm trying to go for here. But I, I was just going to comment on my only really experience with with something like this, where you uh, you're a student and you're on a panel with other students and you're trying to answer questions and compete with another school. Um, I did. Uh, I'm I'm really sorry to be ruining your image of me as a, a super cool guy, but I did mathletics and science olympiad. It's funny, I was going to use in the high word school mathletics. Mathletics? Have you? Did you have that at your school? I I I no, it didn't. And like I would have totally cleaned up. I mean, I'm I'm um, you know we, we yeah uh, math. I, I would have totally destroyed everybody. That literally is my. Yeah, if there's one thing it's, that I have pride in, that's that's it. And I'm pathetic, and I'm going to have another drink now, so please keep talking. 
I, that doesn't seem pathetic. I mean, you know, the, the only thing I can destroy people at is Doctor Who trivia. And, and mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I don't think I could even destroy people at that. So uh, for those of you who are blessed enough not to know, so Mathletics and Science Olympiad are both basically the same thing, which is you go to another school or like a college that's hosting it, and you and some other nerds from your school answer a whole bunch of like tricky math questions or science questions in the case of Science Olympiad. The thing is, I don't really remember too much about the events. Uh, I, I suspect that I took them as an excuse to say wander around campus and and kind of just enjoy the freedom of being somewhere else um, and relatively unsupervised. But uh, we never won, as I recall. I, I think maybe we placed at some point, uh, but I definitely wasn't very good at it. And the thing is, we didn't really practice. Like it wasn't like a thing where we would get together after school for weeks leading up to the competition and and drill math problems or science questions or something like that. And I I know for a virtual certainty that other schools in our area did. And the, the thing that's funny is I think of us as sort of being, this will make sense when you see the episode, I think of our school as kind of being the scumbag college uh, to their uh, footlights. Um, so there's a resonance there. There was definitely the the kind of like, quote, better schools where these kids were like, we're, we're really going to compete and we're really going to win this thing every time and it really mattered to them. Whereas a bunch of us were just like, we're out of the town where we live for a day. <laughs> and that was the exciting bit. Uh, so, Jeff, what is yeah. your high school bowl story? Let's hear well, it. Well, actually, before you said that, I was going to say that although, um, in addition to high school bowl, you know, I can think of a couple other things we did. Like I, I did forensics, you know, uh, mock oh, trial. Oh, I forgot about forensics. Yeah, yeah. Mock, mock trial related stuff. And in fact, I remember there's one where, where I was in when we were we were running basically the um, uh we were testing it out in our school and we were trying to, we were trying to anticipate our competition and trying to run things against ourselves. And I remember doing the, you know what, I'm not going to be able to be there. And I don't remember why I couldn't make it, but I was like, here's a decision tree of if they say, you know, here's a yes or no question on cross-examination. If you do this, you can get them this way. If you do this, you can get them this way. Like I, I drew out a, a full like state diagram, which they completely ignored. Um, and I'm very, being very pissed about that. Um, but, uh, and we, yeah, there were a couple of different things. There was something for like some sort of problem solving competition or something. I forget what it was. But at any rate, uh, let me get to the actual college, uh, high school bowl thing, which was that, yes, I was on high school bowl in high school, hence the name. Um, and so they had, I mean, this is Connecticut, so it's not like there's many tiers of competition. Um, we had one round that was not taped on TV. It was kind of just, you know, the, to get onto the TV thing. And we wiped the floor with them. And, and I have to say, like, in, in my opinion that like the three, we, we had a very good senior class. Like, I mean, our, in like 30 years of that school, I remember both the math and, and uh, English teacher saying that like, in terms of the schools we got into and the grades and the accolades we had, you know, it was the best they'd seen in 30 years. And, and I mean, there, there were only 84 people in my graduating class. So that, that's pretty impressive to consider how much stuff you had in terms of it. It, it was very concentrated anyway, but, but most of the, and I was valedictorian, um, and, but most of the other ones didn't make it. The other two that were there were, they were okay, but they, they weren't on the level of like, I would have chosen uh, a bunch of people 
um, above them, and, and they're doing very well now, and frankly, and everything was fine, but it was just the way things were at the, at the time, and, and that's also my ego talking, so, and I had alcohol, uh, but uh, so <laughs> I, I, like, I mean, I, my memory of it, which admittedly may be skewed, is that, like, I feel like I answered pretty much every single damn question for my team on that, on the preliminary, and then it came to we did the we did the round on TV and there may have been other rounds after that and the reason why I say there may have been other rounds after that is because we didn't make it past the first round on the TV to my eternal shame and that's also a case where I remember being almost the only one answering for my team and we were neck and neck with the other team until the very last question and I blew it and the question was basically um let me see if I remember this correctly. Um, it's basically stages of, of development of a baby before it's a baby. So, you know, you figure fetus um, or, you know, embryo um, or it, it was zygote. zygote sorry, zygote. Um, I've had alcohol. Uh, zygote, <laughs> uh, embryo, fetus. And it was before fetus, so it should have been embryo. And I said zygote. And I remember the other, the other folks on my team going, what the hell is a zygote? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, look, I jumped the gun and, and said the wrong thing, but how the hell do you not know what a zygote was? And I remember being ticked, and, and that's what lost the I lost the game for us after pretty much single-handedly being the only one that was answering the damn questions to begin with. Wait, what part of that did you get wrong? Uh, well, it was supposed to be embryo, and I said zygote. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, and And so... My parents were like, oh, we were so proud of you. And I'm like, no, we lost. I was pissed. Um, I have multiple copies of that. Like, uh, one of them was something I think my parents recorded off TV and one that somebody else recorded. Um, I, I know I had one that was sitting at home and I didn't want to see it. Last time I was home, last Christmas, um, it turned out we have two copies of them. I don't want any of those copies. I feel ashamed <laughs> for saying zygote. I feel even more ashamed for them being like, what the hell? Although, you know, you could see the look in their eyes, but they didn't say anything, obviously, on camera. But um, but I just remember fuming and thinking, God, if we had had, like, a couple of the other folks that were on there that, you know, um, that could have answered some more questions, like, we would have, we, we'd have kicked so much ass. And um, it, it, like, to this day, it rankles. Um, I mean, it doesn't rankle very much because I don't think of it very much, but like having this now, and I stress again that I've had alcohol, but um, <laughs> uh, it really bothers me. The fact that, um, you know, I, I messed up one question, that was it. And frankly, um, I, I was the only one pulling any, any weight. And I apologize. Like, I, I know who the other people are in there and... and um, if they're listening, I apologize profusely. But um, is, it, is it likely they'll be listening? Probably not. Um, <laughs> but but frankly, I I never say never. Um, well, and, true. And, and I, mean, I adore I adore both of them as it is. I mean, we haven't talked much over, but even though we're friends on on Facebook, and like I said, I mean, as adults and stuff like that, they're they're you know they're utterly brilliant. But just remarking the way we were in high school. Well, this is a very familiar story to me, uh, not because I did anything as glamorous as all that, but because I, I think it is a nerd thing to kind of nerd. hold on to these weird defeats. Like, I imagine that, like, jocks probably remember that one game where they made the wrong play or they scored a goal on themselves or whatever it is that happened in sports. Uh, 
but for me, it was a spelling bee. <laughs> Actually, it was two spelling bees. Oh God, um, you're bringing back you're bringing back memories. Oh, this could I, be traumatic, I everyone. Up, I screwed up a spelling bee in the fifth grade. Okay, what word did you mess up on? Butane, and and my parents okay, were. Okay. My mom was kicking my was kicking herself because the night before we went out for dinner, my grandmother had and come into town to watch it, and we we had gone out for Chinese, and I remember on the way back. I mean, mom was the one that, like, every single thing, it, she'd drill me, and every little thing we saw everywhere, she would point at. Like, okay, that's that. How do you spell that? And there was a butane lighter on the floor, uh, on the um, uh, on the road as we walked from the Chinese restaurant to my car. And mom, I remember thinking afterwards, God, if I just drilled you on that, on that <laughs> butane lighter that we saw. I just pointed to this soiled lighter in the dust at the side yeah. of the road. Yeah, well, that's um, better than my high school bowl story. Holy crap! Why didn't we leave with that? Well, here's here's the, what happened to me. So I I lost a spelling bee in fifth grade. Um, wow, both fifth grade. That tough time. It, was it? Yeah, it was fifth grade. Uh, and the word was ramify, and I'd never heard it before, and I, I really couldn't figure out what kind of word it was supposed to be. So Same I with me with butane. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I think I spelled it with a th instead of an f, but I I just had no idea what the word was. I just had never wow. heard it before. No, I, I spelled butane, and I remember this: b e a u t a i n. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, yeah, you know what? not even close. I mean, you know, I believe that's I, I mean, the original French. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, clearly it is. But uh, but I mean, come on. Um, any any sort of chemical. Yeah, I mean, from from a root point of view, I feel like that that's utterly freaking ridiculous like I, that you're under pressure there's just a lot of pressure at that particular no moment. like uh, the zygote one obviously bugs me but yeah i, I don't know yeah, everyone um, we're not going to be watching an episode today we're just going to do therapy i, I am, uh, I am come curl, back next you week. can't see me but i am on the floor curled up in a field oh position. no <laughs> And trying not to cry very, very hard. Oh my God, it's over, Jeff. You're I repeat, I have had alcohol. Now. That was not a good idea. Um, you are now a, a, a an adult human being, and you have come through this this shame. <laughs> no. Well, listen, this might make you feel better. Here's the other spelling bee I screwed up on, which mm. was in seventh grade, I want to say. Um, and you know, ramify. Okay, that's that's not a bad word to get out on. But the the word that I got out on in seventh grade was weird. Weird, which is a word that had been applied to me like several times yeah. a week by in seventh grade. Okay, people. Good. See, now I feel forever. superior, so that that makes well, me you feel should. much better. So thank you uh, from, from a Schadenfreude point of view. Thank you. So thank you. of course, what happened was I spelled it W I E R D because mm-hmm. I choked. Basically, I you know. I was so nervous that I that I just messed it up and and twisted it, but yeah. I got a lot of flack about that, uh, having misspelled the word that described me the best. So yeah. you know, we've it's been going on for you're feeling all the time about three hours now, so it's probably time to start the episode. Yeah, um, let's, let's do get that. To it. So uh, here's what's going to happen for those of you mysteriously starting at episode seven. Um, we are opening up the DVD players on our computers, our legally purchased DVDs of The Young Ones, uh, or again, whatever format you're able to uh, legally acquire this in. Uh, We certainly don't encourage piracy, um, mainly because I have no idea how you'd go about doing it. But uh, we're queuing up Bambi, of course, which is the first episode of Series 2. Jeff, are you ready to start the episode? I am. 
All right, well, here we go. Uh, I'll say three, two, one, play, and then we'll start watching. Let's do it. Uh, here we go. Three, two, one, play. And we have new opening credits. I remember these now. Yep. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been waiting this for waiting for this for so long. Maybe that's the answer. That was bleeped in one version. Yeah, we'll need to talk about edits at one point, because I've seen two different edits of this, uh, which fascinates me. I think I mentioned it in a prior episode. Of course, I love this episode so much, I may shut up through the entire thing. It's got kind of a stewy energy in this episode. Oh, I can see that. I do think it starts a little slowly, oddly enough, for my I favorite love it. episode ever. That's such a brilliant setup. <laughs> Everybody call what happens here. See what I did? Call. Oh my god. You're fired.
Yeah, that's college. Ugh. Ugh. Yes. It is 1984 at this point. I did not get that joke the first time. God, I could do this whole episode from memory. <laughs> That's still funny. <laughs> I love the fact that he rips the bill in two. Yes. It's the it's look really on his face that sells this. I feel like Vivian looks like a chicken on this. <laughs> it's the look on his damn face. Ladies and gentlemen, Robbie Coltrane. 
canceled. Remember that. That might be important. <laughs> I love the name Doctor, not the nine o'clock news. Ladies and gentlemen, Baldrick, aka Tony Robinson. One of my favorite stupid sight gags. There we go. <laughs> uh, and now one of those what the hell surreal moments that I adore from the show. <laughs> Eat a Snickers. Wow, Nigel gets threatened no matter who he's playing. I feel like that should be like a Beatles Hard Day's Night sort of thing. I don't know why. How would it be different?
My new band's going to be called Techno Fear. <laughs> Techno music, I like it. One of my all-time favorite lines coming up. <laughs> and here's how I learned who Felicity Kendrell was. Yes. I mean, I never saw The Good Life, but I did see her when she showed up in Doctor Who. Ah, oh, must be the 80s. Of course, it's a cocaine reference. Oh, yes. I say that all the time. <laughs> oh, and that weird cut. <laughs> I love this. Ladies and gentlemen, your med school graduate. One of the most recognizable bands to show up in the show, and my introduction to Motorhead. Although, sadly, I have to go to the bathroom after drinking a lot of the alcohol. I feel like this is the perfect time. Oh my! I'll God. be right back. I used to fast forward through this, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why. It's a great song.
The thing about this song is I never really understood the lyrics at the time. So I'm like, what is the Ace Estate? Welcome back. Cannot believe I had to pee during my favorite episode of The Young Ones. Ladies and gentlemen, the only podcast... And I timed it perfectly. ...where you get to hear about these things. Bloody hippie. Rick and Eric Cartman. (laughs) Which is way before the 14th century.
You know, that little rat tail in the back? <laughs> Rick is a Padawan. We should talk a little about footlights in Oxford and Cambridge. It would be somebody in the U.S. Ladies and gentlemen, your budget for this episode. <laughs> I guess we'll have to figure out how to get Alexei into this episode. Not the only disembodied head joke that we'll see this season, <laughs> oddly enough. I wanted to be a lumberjack. <laughs> Another line that gets bleeped. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
might recognize All some right, of these people. identify the famous people in this. Hugh Laurie, aka Doctor House. Emma Thompson and Ben Stephen Fry. And Ben Elton. Uh, Fry and Laurie and Emma Thompson. Brilliant. I look who's here. I can't believe how many people are in this episode. <laughs> and speaking of celebrities this is a very confusing joke just the fact that they commit to him being the <laughs> Disney character one hell of a tie on Mike. 
<laughs> uh, it was ever thus. And now... God, this whole sequence. No, Neil, you should go during the Motorhead segment. <laughs> <laughs> He's so young. I wonder if Alex Trebek had ever had to deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> God bless Emma Thompson. T-Mac, that's my favorite sight gag. Ha, ha, ha. 
If it was, he put that question about himself in there. And callback. This must have been the, the height of... We need of... to end the episode somehow. <laughs> I love all the Elephant Man references. I guess the that movie had just come out. I didn't think it was as late Tams- as 1984, though. Tamsin Heatley must be the, the nurse. Oh, maybe. <laughs> so this is 1984, so it's after Blackadder 1, but before Blackadder 2. Production manager Ed By. I think also did Red Dwarf. It sounds familiar. Well, sorry everyone, that was very difficult to comment during because it's so brilliant. Um, yes, I, I hopefully was tr- you enjoyed that uh, as much as I did, and uh, even half as much as Jeff did. Yes. Um, <laughs> so let's let's talk about it, Jeff. What went wrong in this episode? Why is it so terrible? Wow, um, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, I, I feel like this is like a Trump supporter and a Biden supporter trying to talk Ew. to each other. That, that just... I'm editing that out. I don't want that name on this on this podcast. <laughs> okay, um, what, supporter? Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it is really great, actually. Why is it so great? Um, all right, so, you know, I said it at the beginning that um, I thought it started potentially a little slowly. You know, there's a psych gag of... of of him grabbing a uh, Neil grabbing a dad dead rat for people to eat or whatever, but um, and, and some of the bits on the train lag a little bit. But the fact is, like, there are so many quotable lines. First of all, in this episode, mm-hmm. that um, and and that makes it uh, number one. Number two is the number of celebrity uh, guests here. Who you know. Um, 1984, 1982, or 1984, you know, they were just getting started in terms of the British um, alternative uh, comedy scene, but, like, who have broken out, again, I mentioned Fry and Laurie, um, you know, Emma Thompson, and in case, you know, people think of her as being period drama and Kenneth Branagh and all that, I would also refer you to Harry Potter to show just, and particularly one particular deleted scene for her is Trelawney that's just uh, how brilliant she is at comic timing you had mel Griff, mel smith and griff reese jones in here um you have robbie coltrane and and um and tony robinson although that's a weird scene that has nothing to do with anything else uh so i mean there's there's that there's the whole laundry sequence the entire laundry sequence is bloody brilliant uh, and the entire university challenge sequence like i mean uh like those those two bits alone make this episode um and, and like I said, there's so many quotable lines in this. Um, there really are. Uh, Lord knows, I I know I've quoted them a million times, and um, <laughs> I think we both have, really. Yeah, you know, this um, calls for a very special blend of psychology and extreme violence. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, cockadoodle, Neil, do Neil? What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, the uh, I, I think I mentioned at one point regarding some of the edits, which I'm. 
I think I alluded to this in an earlier episode that like when it was shown on MTV, which is the version, the videotape that you had, um, they bleeped the lines that, from Alexei Sales saying, well, you know, talking about, uh, you, you know, um, the people that went to Footlights that, uh, you know, they all have heterosexual practices. They're each shoving each other's dicks in the door. And the word dicks was bleeped. But the, the, the word enormous tits was not bleeped. And then they went to, when it aired years later on Comedy Central, it was the exact opposite. Uh, dicks was spoken, but, but tits were bleeped. So I, I find that fascinating that, um, that different networks decided exactly which words were too profane. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, maybe they were allowed one out of two, but not both. And they had to decide which one to, to get rid of. I guess. I mean, you know, which, so they had the original as opposed to a bleep version. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Um, <laughs> and, and the other the other thing is, of course, we have the reference to Footlights College, Oxbridge, that, you know, I mean, obviously Oxbridge being being the portmanteau of, of Oxford and, and Cambridge, you know, the, the two greatest institutions in um, in England and um, and Footlights being the legendary, legendary um, uh, comedy review that like pretty much a who's who of everybody in British history went through in college. I mean, this was a, this was a, a college performance group, but, uh, but this is where Monty Python went through. This is where, uh, where some of them, uh, went through. And they're also, I mean, they're lampooning the establishment essentially, uh, because of this as a, as a result of it. Um, like that's, that's a brilliant, brilliant thing, which, you know, I'm not sure I would have known at the time when I first saw it, but, uh, um, but yeah. Oh, and Douglas Adams and, and, um, yeah, you, you name a, a British comedian from back in the day and they, they did their review in, in footlights back in college time. So, um, kind of like the Harvard lampoon or something like that. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, you have the young ones that are in scumbag, they're in this working class college that are specifically poking fun at, at essentially the establishment. Yeah, which is of course, you know, de rigueur for this show. Yeah, uh, especially with Ben Elton on it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, one other thing I, I meant to mention was that, uh, you know, I'm reminded of this this college bowl episode of um, one other great bit of British comedy, which was um, a lot of the comedians of the time did uh, did this show called the Secret Policeman's Ball, which was. Um, you know, oh, yes. kind of like comic relief, or, or it was known. It's known later on in the UK now as Red Nose Day, and um, and they did another one a year later called the Secret Policeman's Other Ball. I think they did a third one. Like I, I have a CD that has uh, performances from a lot of them, and and that was a case where there were skits where some of the Pythons were doing skits with like Rowan Atkinson and and mm-hmm. other people in addition to Lenny Henry and and Francis Saunders. But there was one in particular which um, I think we both loved, which was it was called Top of the Form, and again it was a um, it was a university challenge type show uh, that that John Cleese was the um, was the moderator on, and it was also turns into this incredible incredible farce. Uh, where, like, for example, it turns out that all the cards do get shuffled one card ahead. So, uh, so he's giving answers to questions that, um, that get answered, uh, right before he gives the question. Um, Mm. and, uh, and it, it just, it gets crazy. And he actually has the last line of, of who shuffled my question markers just before transmission as, as the final stinger at the very end. Ah. Um, and I don't remember 
I think that came after this, but I'm not sure. And like I said, uh, I don't think any of the young ones were in there, but but Rowan Atkinson was on there, and and certainly some of the pythons. So uh, um, I, I'd like to think that there was some pollination between that and and this particular scene. Oh, I'm sure there must have been. I mean, clearly yeah. this is. I mean, you know, Fry and Laurie alone. I imagine we're we're bringing that into it. Oh God, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, yeah. One thing it, that I. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! I was going to say it is also funny the number of people that only know uh, Stephen Fry from uh, from House, in which he was brilliant, you know, doing this this low pitched American. Uh, sorry, Hugh Laurie is this you know uh, low pitched American accent when you know he's he's played the British fop for so long as he did as Lord Monty in this, and certainly as as George as uh, as the Prince Regent, and then and then George in, in Blackadder three and four, um, and. Uh, Bertie Wooster in Jeeves and Wooster. Yes, uh, going with with him and him and Stephen Fry. But yeah, the fact that he played the fop and and playing about as as opposite of the fop as you could get when he showed up in American TV. Although they did a couple of nods to um, uh, a couple of nods to his original origins in um, in House. There's one episode where he uh, he actually needs to call somebody in England, so he just pretends that he's. Uh, He's calling across the pond at weird hours, and he puts on what's supposed to be this farcical British accent, but he's basically doing his real accent and playing and and <laughs> pretending to play the fop. And the other one is one where he's like flipping through stuff on TiVo, and you see what he had on TiVo is an episode of Blackadder, which I think he deletes or something along those lines, um, which I, I thought was utterly brilliant. Um, Man, ridiculous. Yeah. Any, anyway, I'm sorry. I I think I interrupted you. You were going to say something. Oh, I don't even know if I remember what I was going to say now. Oh, okay. no, I do remember. Uh, so one thing that I think is funny and maybe is more obvious here than even in some of the other episodes is the kind of like extended, I'm not really sure what to call it, but it's that thing that you see on like The Simpsons or Family Guy, I think some other sitcoms now where like the cutaway, the sort of the main event, the A plot or whatever, doesn't show up until about halfway through the episode. Uh, and leading up to it, you've uh, got these other jokes, and and how you get from from that into that a plot is is so strange. Uh, bomb actually is a little bit like this too, where they introduce the bomb, uh, they don't notice true. the bomb until part of way into it. But but this one especially with the whole laundrette thing, and well, of I mean, course, bomb, I'm sure that the bomb is sitting there in plain sight, like it's if you know yes. the real Inspector Hound, which both of us did together in college, right? It's the it is sitting there in plain sight, and then halfway through the episode, everybody all of a sudden notices, and that's brilliant. In this case, yeah, there there's no context for why all of a sudden, okay, we're doing University Challenge now, and you could picture doing a full episode about that, but it's almost like, well, we only have 15 minutes for it, so let's do some other stuff leading up to that. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that was part of it, but but the effect it has is kind of this really uh kind of fun slow burn which i really enjoy yeah well that uh, and, and i happen to love the beginning of this episode the the whole uh uh yellow pages conversation i think is very funny well it's uh, it's the i mean the bit that works the most in that in that bit is rick trying to kill himself and uh <laughs> and like you know vivian and mike watching him you know vivian looking at at rick's butt just waiting for the inevitable to happen and the and the look on rick's face the entire time rick rick male has such an expressive face going from the from the 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 white look at what i'm doing look at what i'm doing everybody look at me you know eyes bolting to all of a sudden <laughs> and his eyes bolting for a completely different reason and his body oh language God. um i mean he's he's a grotesque in this entire thing and it's so it's so utterly brilliant. Like it, the only, you know, it, it's kind of the British equivalent in its own way to say maybe Jim Carrey. 
I see what you're I see what yeah. you're getting at. I mean, he is really in rare form. Like I think everything he does in this in this one is so crisp. And even in the scene you're talking about, there's I, f- I forget if they're I guess they're zooming in on someone else, probably Neil. Um, and you see just at the edge of the frame, you see Rick finally noticing what's on the bottle that he has in his hand, and he's like doing a double take at it as the camera's going right past him. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know. Uh, right up until the very end. It's brilliant. And and then, you know, you also have, like, all right, you have the weird cutaway. You have the don't look at me, I'm irrelevant, and then you have the uh, the, <laughs> the whole doctor, not the nine o'clock news. I, I, of course, I should add that um, one other little bit that, of course, has a reference to late 70s, early 80s British comedy is uh, not the nine o'clock news was kind of the, you know, if you think of Saturday Night Live weekend update, uh, or, you know, if you want to go back further in the U.S., um, uh, there was a show called That That Was the Week That Was, which I think Tom Lehrer uh, contributed. Uh, well, anyway, that that you know, um, again, like Weekend Update, it was something that was making fun of the of the news. They, they actually ported not the nine o'clock news over to the U.S. and called it not necessarily the news that I think aired on HBO oh, yeah. for a season or two in the early '80s. I, I didn't have HBO, but I knew the thing existed. Um, and, and so, yeah, the the fact that again. I mean, Doc the nine, not the nine o'clock news seems like a really silly name, but again, it's poking fun at other um, at, at other bits of comedy that was happening at the time. And the fun thing for me about watching this as an American is a lot of these things are lost on me, and I'm just hearing them as these sort of like strange, exotic things from a, a country I've never been to, and I'm barely kind of learning all the things that uh, end up as references in. I don't think there's ever been an American whose name was Toxteth, but I could be wrong. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, um, Bambi did the the Baby Sham commercial, right? I mean, that that's mm-hmm. that's a Britishism. No American would know what the hell a uh, Baby Sham was. It's uh, beer. Is that right? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, as you say, no American knows what it is. We'll find out. I'm an American, the time, therefore uh, I don't. Uh, uh, baby shampoo? Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll find out. I repeat, I've had alcohol. Um, <laughs> that's um, my excuse. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, that that reminds me of the other thing, which we'll talk about this more. I think when we get to nasty, is the whole concept of, um, you know, in, I think in a, in the U.S. the scandal would be you did a straight up porn film, mm-hmm. but in the U.S. or in the U.K. Um, a, a gory movie is is in some ways the equivalent of that or or you know combined with that it's true we don't shy away from violence here but we shy away from sex which is which is a quintessentially american uh (laughs) thing to that that violence is uh violence is perfectly fine you know and family guy and south park and stuff like that has done commentary on that for so long but it's it's so true yeah it really is but we'll have um, more to say about that when we get to Nasty, which is still coming up this season. Uh, this next, of course, we're going to be talking about Cash, mm-hmm. uh, another we're, excellent classic. You'll yes. finally hear the line that produced the title of this podcast. That, that is probably number three on my list. Uh, Bomb is number two. Cash is number three. And Cash is the first Young Ones episode that I saw. As, as I, ah. I might mention that the videotape, I'll mention this again next week since it'll be relevant, but um, but the videotape that you had that, you first, uh, that I watched on... Uh, incessantly in college, that it was Cash, uh, Bambi, and Bomb. I think in that order, if I remember correctly, on that 
on that video, and it was three of the best episodes of the series. So uh, well, that that sounds right, and and of course the reason that happened is that MTV was showing them out of order, or I taped them out of order. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which, but I mean, think about the fact that this is the first episode of the second season. They went away for two years, yeah, um, before they. And I mean, you know, uh, Americans do American shows will show God knows how many episodes. Although now with Netflix, we'll do you know eight episodes or less or what have you. But but you know, British comedy typically will do six episodes, and so they did t- six episodes in 1982, and they disappeared for two years, and they came back and they gave us right off the bat this gem. And, and again, <laughs> like I, I would point to you know Blackadder two the same way that I, I mentioned that there's three episodes in that season that I adore, and even the the final episode also is is pretty brilliant as as well. Um, but think about the fact that again, I mean, Bell's being one of the the most brilliant ones again. That after the first show was kind of you know they retooled that show very much. So this 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 the young ones wasn't retooled very much between seasons. Uh, it just seems like mm-hmm. they came back with uh, with uh, very strong material for th- things that have been percolating for Blackadder. They actively retooled the series. Actually, what they did was that they took you know if you've seen the original Blackadder pilot, they uh, that resembled more of the Blackadder of the later seasons, and like the the pilot is pretty it's pretty interesting. And then they they did something to him. They they neutered his character in some ways in the in the first season, and and it kind of floundered as a result. In the second season, they said, "No, let's go back to what we did for the pilot." And so the the second season, right off the bat, is this atom bomb, and but that that's a very different like very different feel for the character which they can do because mm. it's a different generation of character for young ones it's the same characters it's the same situation but for some reason for those two years again that that like whatever they had thought up in that interim after just six episodes like uh, and had been saving up this episode exploded like a well bomb was another good episode but i mean th- this exploded like a bambi i guess um uh well I, I imagine that they probably were working with on it I, I imagine they were probably working on it during 1983, yeah, and then broadcast it in 1984. But yeah, you're, it, it's interesting that they were able to like uh, take it up a notch. I think between the two series in a way that's really noticeable. But uh, we've been talking now for about three hours, so we will save some of that for the next episode. Uh, between now and then, uh, you'll probably have about a week, which is more than enough time for you to get on Twitter and follow us at Starship Warlock and send us questions and comments and fan mail and insults. Uh, maybe don't send those, but D- direct them you to know Drew. What? We'll direct take the it fan all. mail to me, the insults to Drew. There you go. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I was going to say I can take it, but I probably can't. I mean, I misspelled weird. Hmm. What are you going to do? I all misspelled right, butane. So. <laughs> <laughs> I still like your spelling of it. I think I like it better than the real spelling. So, all right, everyone. Uh, we are just about to sign off. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. I am Drew. I am Jeff. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. Woo! Are we done? Okay.